So hello and welcome to another mini pod of No Nonsense with Pamela Wallen. Sometimes we just have to react to see to things that we see and uh, get some comments from those in the know. So a few days ago, Dr. Uh, Sylvain Chalabois, he is, well, you know him as the food professor. He's got his own podcast and he's uh, he's online with that. But he is the director of the Agri-Food Analytics Lab and a professor at Dalhousie on these issues, food-related. And so we were going to talk to him uh, this week anyway, because he had given testimony uh, in front of the Finance Committee here in Ottawa talking about taxes on food, etc. But then... Uh, we learned that the grocery companies, the big chains, are being kind of ordered back to Ottawa to meet uh, government officials again to see what they have done about food prices. So we're on with the food professor, Sylvain Charlebois, again, to make some sense of this. So they were just up here just before Thanksgiving, and the government said, lower prices or else. And now they're being called back again. And you had some interesting comments to say today that kind of the government is ordering these guys to engage in questionable practices. That's right. Uh, Senator, I think a lot of people are feeling a little bit awkward looking at all this uh, from outside. Uh, so March 8th of this year, grocers uh, testified before the Ag Committee. They came back to Ottawa on September 18th to meet with Minister Champagne. And actually, I was in the room with the Big Five. They were all yep. there along with Mr. Champagne. And, and I had the pleasure to brief them on a, on a few things. And um, I thought the meeting went pretty well. Uh, basically, CEOs uh, felt, well, if they're in Ottawa, might as well take advantage of it and they took advantage of it they shared some really important information but now we're learning that uh, that uh, parliament wants to hear from grocers again uh, on November 2nd so parliament not government is asking for plans in camera but senator when you're asking CEOs to share information about pricing it is arguably the most sensitive issue Right. Uh, in a low margin, high volume environment. And so I, I do question what Parliament is trying to accomplish here. Well, I wrote a little note to myself last night when I was thinking that is, you know, it, the kind of the absurd thing about this process on one level is that rather than encouraging more competition in the sector, uh, that we're really asking these guys to sort of fix prices by way of lowering them. I mean, I'm exaggerating only slightly. Um, you kind of put it another way. Many politicians are demonstrating a limited comprehension of fundamental <laughs> principles governing competitive markets. I thought that was much more delicately put, but... <laughs> but <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there is, there is this element of surprise uh, that actually... Uh, will support the fundamental principles of of a free market, and and that's being challenged right now by many politicians. And I think we're and in fact it was actually raised last week uh, before the finance committee. I mean, I think we're actually embarking in 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 uh, on a very dangerous path right now when it comes to competition. We're doing everything we can right now, apparently in Ottawa, to discourage competition. And for no. the longest time now, we've actually been arguing that we need more. 
competition. So I'm very concerned about the tone. And any investors from outside of Canada looking in would say, I don't want a piece of that at all. Yeah, that that's the issue. So what what is it exactly? Because you were inside on the last meeting. What is it that they want um, these big companies to do? Because, I mean, this is kind of the last stop on the food chain here. And we've got a lot of costly inputs all the way along. Uh, yeah. What? How much can the grocery stores really do? I mean, yes, of course, they can have a sale, but they do that anyway. Um, that's and- right. So what was your sense of what they wanted, government wanted to have happen? Well, from an economic perspective, not much. I don't think that Ottawa, in fact, actually, if you look at the data, things are actually improving. Inflation is now down to 5.9%. Politically, my guess is that Ottawa is trying to take advantage of or, or or take credit for something that's actually happening. But politics will go both ways. I mean, basically, what I'm seeing are grocers playing the political game. So when you walk into a grocery store, what what I'm noticing right now across the country, when you walk into a grocery store, you're seeing more signs, uh, more artifacts telling consumers that things are changing. But when you actually look at prices, I don't see, I fail to see anything uh, beyond what I would expect this time of year uh, right now. So October is a critical time because that's when grocers negotiate with suppliers uh, okay. prices for the next several months, three, four months. So right now they're negotiating for Valentine's, Easter, and things like that. So right, everything that we're seeing in the grocery store was planned many months ago. And so into November, December, that's that's where they make their money. And so they're looking at luring us in buy different things uh, for the holidays, uh, a busy time of year. That's what's going on right now. And my guess is that we're going to see more signs and, and, and signals from grocers telling Canadians that things are changing and Ottawa has actually made a difference. But in actuality, I don't th- it doesn't matter what Ottawa does. It's not going to make much of a difference, really. At this point, the other thing we're seeing in stores, and and again, this didn't happen yesterday because this takes a while, but but you're getting the same box of cereal or whatever it is for the same price, but it's a smaller box. Um, yes, that what that's what we call shrinkflation, and shrinkflation <laughs> is probably something that it's probably the one thing that annoys most people that and volume discounting. And I did say to Minister Champagne, if you are to aim at two things that was Canadians, volume discounting uh, and shrinkflation, volume discounting is uh, forcing people to buy, say three loaf of breads for the price of yeah. two people yeah. who live alone. Seniors are always annoyed by that. And, yeah. and the shrinkflation issue is a big one. And so I would say if you want to do something, if you want to show anything, just do like France and force grocers to show exactly. But do it for private labels too. In France, they're only targeting CPGs. If you want to do it right as a government, focus on all shrinkflated products, not okay, just CPGs. CPGs are what? Consumer products, um, goods and products. Basically, yeah. these are companies like Unilever, yeah, uh, Procter one. Gamble, um, uh, Nestle, these yeah. major companies are competing against private labels like President's Choice and No Name. And right now in France, they're excluding the policy 
it is excluded. Uh, private labels are excluded and they shouldn't be. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. Okay. Let me, uh, just before we get into some of the things you said before, uh, committee, what is going on with, with the Costco's and the Walmarts that also sell food and which a lot of people go to because those prices tend to be cheaper all of the time. Is that true? Not always. Uh, you got to be careful. Uh, obviously at Costco, you're expected to buy in bulk or more than average. Um, there are good deals at Costco, but not always. It's not a guarantee. Uh, so Costco is a bank. They basically don't finance their inventory. You have to pay, uh, in advance to have the right to go into their stores, which is different than with other stores. So it's a club. Uh, people tend to forget that. And Costco is really a wholesaler. Walmart, now Walmart is a logistical giant, um, over the last, I'd say, 20 years, they've committed to food way more. They don't bill a Walmart now unless 50% of the surface actually is dedicated to food. So that's how important food is wow. to, to Walmart now. And they're selling for about $17, $18 billion worth of food in Canada. They're now number three, and their goal is to become number one. And Loblaws knows that. That's why they're yeah. fighting. They're fighting very hard. But Walmart's not being asked to come to these meetings because they're they not. Are. They, they are. are. So they are. Yeah. So they testified in April. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the first meeting in March uh, were the big three, Metro, Loblaws, and Sobeys. But Walmart and Costco did come after. Okay. In September, the big five, they were all there. They, they were, were all there. there. And okay. now my understanding for November 2nd, uh, the American-owned companies are also included things like what well costco and walmart are oh, included co- okay. in the group so they yeah. would be there you're just referring to them that way yeah okay a couple of points that that came out at the committee because when we talk about the price of food and we've been focusing on the end of the chain here when you go to the grocery store and actually pick it up uh but there's been a lot of uh concern about the impact of the carbon tax all the way along first and foremost on farmers, on grain drying, on transportation, and the transportation of the finished product then to the store all the way along, um, you see it. And and you say, yeah, it's there because it, it has kind of this compounding effect before it gets to the store. But we don't have a lot of data. And that's right. And can't really say what the impact is. If someone says that the carbon tax is not having an impact on food retail prices or the opposite, uh, that person doesn't know what he or she is talking about, to be honest, because we actually been looking at the data for several months now. And when you think about retailing, there are so many factors impacting retail prices. I mean, the weather, our behavior will impact food prices. So to correlate costs up the food chain with retail prices is practically impossible. And that's kind of the message I gave last week in Ottawa. Don't look at retail, look at wholesale and industrial. That's where you're starting to see some pressure points created by increased costs. And that would include the carbon tax. And so we are seeing, I know a lot of grocers are being blamed for higher food prices, but when you actually look at the IPPI, the industrial product uh, price index, Okay, so the cost of goods 
the index has outpaced the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. So what I've encouraged politicians to do last week is to focus more on the supply chain, supply chain economics, because we're basically, I think there are many things we're doing right now in this country that is actually making our food supply chain less competitive. And if we're making our supply chain less competitive, we're not going to attract more competition at all. It's going to be the opposite. Prices. One of the reasons I think that you were also suggesting that it's hard to tell the direct impact, which is why we need better data, um, is that the bank of, well, the CPI, the consumer uh, price index, it only looks at, at gasoline, heating oil, natural gas in terms of the impact of carbon tax. You're referring, you're, you're referencing the Bank of Canada's evaluation. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that was, oh my goodness. Uh, I, I must say it was a little reckless for the Bank of Canada to come forward with a coefficient without explaining to the public how they got okay. that particular yeah. coefficient of 0.1%. Five percent. So the governor uh, Macklem mentioned a few weeks ago that uh, the carbon tax is responsible for 0.15 percent of inflation. Yep. But he never said how he came up with the 0.15 percent, and nobody asked until we did. So we basically uh, emailed the Bank of Canada, "How did you come up with the 0.15?" And the answer was actually quite simple. And I posted on Twitter and it went viral, of course. And I kind of explained that last week in Ottawa. So they they only looked at three components of the CPI without looking at other uh, components. And they didn't look at the compounding effect of the tax across the supply chain. So again, it's likely to be way higher. My Senator, I, I do believe now that, uh, People are confused yeah. by the policy itself. They don't necessarily, yeah. and I suspect that the media just didn't think of. They understand what's going on. Yeah, and so that's our job, basically. Yeah. And right now, I do see colleagues, academics, uh, playing the other role of advocating for the carbon taxes. Right now, we're at a point, and you know this because you're from Saskatchewan. As soon as you question. Yeah. As soon as you question the carbon tax, you are labeled as a climate change denier, which denier. is not our no. case. Actually, we support the policy, but our argument is that we need to be careful uh, with carbon taxing because we may compromise Canada's food affordability situation. That's yeah. our argument, and and the and we're seeing this in in how the government's handling the piece of legislation that would give farmers a particular break in terms of grain drying and 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 that that bill, bill needs-, needs to go through i know it's in it's in your backyard right now yeah and I, I i did advocate for the bill last week uh yeah. before finance it's being gutted in terms of of what would happen uh on the upside for uh for farmers okay just to to th- there's also a whole lot of other taxes on food that Canadians don't seem to be aware of. You try and you, you kind of think about when you yeah. go through the uh, chain, but your yeah. number is here. There are 4,600 items in grocery stores that are subject to taxation. Yeah. Don't have anything to do with the carbon tax. No, no, not at all. Because I'm often asked, uh, 
what can government do? Is there something that government can do to help Canadians? Yeah. And I said, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at your grocery receipt, you'll see that you do pay taxes on a lot of different things. Now, I would argue that some products we should pay taxes, uh, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, out of 4,600, there are some products that we should pay taxes. But the myth out there uh, is that people think that if it's taxed, it's not good for you. Right. That's not necessarily true. Uh, if it's pre-prepared, a pre-prepared salad is taxed. Okay. Uh, I actually brought with me a bar, a very natural, sustainable, local bar, uh, a snack bar yeah. that is actually manufactured right here uh, in Halifax. And that product is taxed 15%. If you buy in Nova Scotia right here, because penalizing, penalizing an SME because it's, it's considered a snack. The other issue, Senator, is shrinkflation. We spoke right. about shrinkflation earlier. Now, the number of products that are subject to taxes, retail taxes, is growing because of shrinkflation because they become, according to the CRA, they become snacks. Six muffins, not taxable. Four muffins, taxable. Six granola bars, not taxable. Five granola bars, taxable. So Okay, that's, that's crazy. And doesn't even have anything to do with packaging or anything. It's just... It's just, it's just size and quantities. So even with ice cream, uh, we love our dairy farmers in Canada. If you look at containers from Ben and & Jerry's and uh, Haagen-Dazs, I mean, these containers have actually come below 500 milliliters and below 500 milliliters, that's taxable now. So if you buy a little jug, a little jug from, uh, those are taxable now and they weren't six months ago. So that's of no particular benefit to the producer, to, you know, the, whoever's making the ice cream. That's, that's, that's just a benefit to, it flows through to the stores or flows through to government? Yeah, and we're not sure exactly the amount exactly okay. because out of the 4,600 products, there are some that we think should be taxed. But our guess is that there's anywhere between $300 million to $700 million uh, of taxes uh, that are collected from grocers and sent back to Ottawa every single year. And that wow. money is real and it comes from taxpayers. So two things then you're saying that you support in theory the carbon tax but if you if you if the government wants to do something they should pause it at least the, for the, the reality senator if you if you travel around the world the reality is that most companies want to decarbonize the economy yeah. and and I think it's important to do it yeah. but like I said stakes are very high when it comes to food so I I've always argued maybe we should provide some sort of immunity to our food chain to yeah. you know to to give us some time to develop new technologies to actually make our food economy greener in the future but for now a lot of people will be suffering and we are expecting pressures to to prevail yeah and a pause on the carbon tax that's right 
would help do something to lower food prices right now where people are stretched on housing and mortgages and food and everything else under the sun. And then uh, Ottawa could also reduce taxes on some of the 4,600 products if they wanted to take direct action. Okay, the other thing um, that you were talking about, and and it was interesting, like we, we know it in the U.S. as a food stamp program. Um, yes. Your, uh, your initials here would be SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It exists in some parts of Canada, but you're saying if government wants, again, to be helpful on food prices, think about this. That's right. Yeah, because let's face it, Senator, a lot of people are suffering right now uh, due to mortgage rates, uh, rents. Uh, it's been difficult. I mean, we, we see it everywhere in the country. Uh, some people really need help. And how do we provide help? Well, yeah. there's a simple way to do it. Now, I'm using the SNAP model because people know it, but I'm not suggesting that we should actually pursue the SNAP program as what you would find in the U.S. In fact, the model that we see in Nova Scotia, Montreal, and B.C. Uh, mm. would link food insecure people with farmers markets. So if you, if you actually launch okay. a national uh, nutritional coupon program across the country, uh, you, you could provide say gift certificates to people in need through NGOs, through community right. programs. And these people without stigma uh, with dignity could go to farmers markets, support farmers, eat fresh food, Right. And use that money to only buy food, bring that food home, and uh, and eat nutritious meals. Uh, and we're not talking about huge dollars here. The right. program in Montreal started with fifty thousand dollars. It's grown since, and for, and that's funded by Desjardins. I mean, we don't have to think about millions here, but right. this could actually come in handy. The food, the grocery rebate that was sent this summer of two point six billion dollars. To 11 million people. We have no idea how that money was spent. Right. We have no idea. So we let's make sure that yeah. if we are to launch a program, let's make sure that that money is spent on nutritious food to support our farmers. You know, I got a, an email the other day, and this is the kind of stuff that comes in. And, and, and this is, I don't know if you can see that or not, but it just says to senators, Canadian people who eat need help with the cost of food. That means everyone, all of yeah. us have to pay the carbon tax. He goes on about drying crops, about heating barns, about um, like an informed citizen who just says, this is not an optional thing we're engaged in here. No, that's Eating right. It is kind of life. There's a perfect storm going on, which needs to be recognized financially for all households in Canada. When you look at Statistics Canada data. Yeah. Last year, the average Canadian was spending about $266 okay, a month mm -hmm. at the grocery store retail. It's down to $255 despite food inflation. So it means that people are spending less at the grocery store and they're making nutritional compromises for sure. For sure. So Absolutely. I, I, I do believe that we need to help people for real, not just sending out checks yeah. and buy votes. We need to actually help people with the infrastructure we have. Yeah. 
As always, you've kind of got to the heart of it and the point of it. Thank you very much. Let's hope they're listening and that at the meeting, they have some of this conversation and and not some of the other ones. Sylvain Chalabois, Doctor, Director of Agri-Food Analytics Lab, and he's a professor at Dalhousie, and he is the food professor. So you can follow him online and also listen to his own podcast, but we'd rather that you listen to him here because, you know, <laughs> like that bit. No, I will That's always right. say they can do both. They can listen to no no, <laughs> no nonsense and the food professor. Thanks again, Sylvain. Take care, Senator. Great to see you. And that's it for this edition of No Nonsense with Pamela Wallen. A little mini pod because you needed to know this stuff. See you soon.